The fact that you're coming from Australia and you're like, I was so excited to come to Utah. The way he worded it was basically, I, <laughs> I was so excited to come to Utah to try Cafe Rio. I know. It made, kind of said it, it made it seem like that's why he came to Utah. Yeah. We've got beautiful snow-capped mountains. We've got red <laughs> rocks. We've got five national parks, but it's the Tomatillo Ranch for me. Yeah. He's like, mediocre Mexican food is what I'm after. That's right. Welcome to the Holy Hive, an ongoing observation of culture in Utah. Now back after quite a long sabbatical. Let's call it a summer vacation. That's what it was. It was a summer vacation. Yeah, summer vacation. Uh, what, what has happened since we were last on the mic, which was like May? Well, it even even though we discussed it just five seconds ago, we dropped the show. Yeah. So that's new. <laughs> we're like uh, Sean Parker, you know. We just but we dropped the show. Yeah, yeah, we the... did. Yeah, that was our big, <laughs> our big new innovation with the podcast. Is we're not calling it the Holy Hive show anymore. Just Holy Hive. That's right. It's, it's cleaner. We watched uh, the Social Network a lot over our, our summer vacation. Uh, we took a golf trip to Mesquite. We did, which seems like a long time ago, it but does. it was after we did the last podcast. But that, in fairness, that also does seem like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, yeah, the very beginning of June, we took a little golf trip. So that yeah. was at this point, 25% of the year ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to Minnesota. That was fun. Very nice. Week. You went to Island Park. Yeah. I went to Island Park, visited some Yellowstone, um, went up to, went on a couple of vacations. Yeah. So, so you know, but we, we, we did, we, we, we were taking vacations and we were doing stuff in our free time, but we were actually working on, uh, furthering our operation here. We That's were right. making some adjustments to not only the podcast, but some uh, bigger things that we'll get into uh, later in the show. Uh, but for now, let's get current with what's going on now. Uh, last week, the BYU-Utah game, uh, the Holy War, as they call it. As which it were, yeah. I think I saw an article that said they shouldn't call it the Holy War anymore. I honestly don't know why they called it the Holy War to begin with. It's like Mormons versus some Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of Mormons in the U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty interchangeable, the students of BYU yeah. and the students of uh, University of Utah. Um, and the Holy War seems like it's something that's also applied to other sports mm -hmm. rivalries, right? So sure. It's like, I don't Notre know. Dame. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did see an article that was like ESPN was asking all uh, – newscasters or broadcasters not to refer to it as the holy war espn doesn't like to get political and what was the what was the one there was they had a i think it was when utah was in the mountain west conference i could be totally wrong about this but they called it something else bloods versus crips that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. Get, get, get the, that red versus blue you know it's classic <laughs> tale as old as time i think it was like duel in the deseret uh, which I hate. Yeah, I don't like that either. It's not good. Anyway, uh, the uh, Holy War, whatever you want to call it, was last week. And uh, I was tweeting during the game. And I had a tweet where uh, I said, no matter what happens with the game, we can all agree that Cafe Rio has gone downhill. That was my big take for the game. And to be honest, I was trying not to be divisive. Yeah. I was like, let's have a nice down the middle take. You're trying to unify. Yeah, trying to unify. And unify it did because people <laughs> really latched onto that. It uh, kind of blew up. And I had no idea, like, I think we've talked about Cafe Rio on the podcast before, mm -hmm. making fun of it, uh, maybe singing our praises about like the ranch, which yeah. is like probably the, at this point, the one redeemable thing about Cafe Rio. Ranch, crushed ice, which at this point is, you know, other places have that. Yeah. But vanilla Coke on tap. Those are the three things that are, yeah. are great about Cafe Rio. Yeah. You don't see vanilla Coke on tap. You don't. In many places and anymore. And man, is it good. Yeah. So... But also, I think I think when you have an actual like, because th those, I mean, if we're this is this is a weird tangent to take the podcast, but if we're talking about the soda machines, where there's like an individual tap for each thing, mm -hmm. there's usually a hose that goes to a bag of syrup, yeah, and then it mixes with carbonated water, and then you get your soda. But like, it tastes different coming from one of those bags than like a freestyle, which like operates completely differently. Yeah, I know? think that's a, just a norm because a freestyle. I know exactly what you're saying because yeah. I will add vanilla to a diet coke yeah, yeah. on the freestyle machine, but that's taking just diet coke or coke if you're having some sugar, yeah. and then putting syrup in it, like yeah, a yeah, vanilla yeah. flavoring. It's not like it's from not the same from the source, you know, yeah, drinking yeah. from the teat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the vanilla teat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, people had some crazy reactions. I would say about 85%. I had, so there were 70 replies that, uh, hit the tweet and I would say about 85% were like, yes, Cafe mm -hmm. Rio is trash. It's not what it used to be there. You know, there's always, 
a handful of people that are right or die for yep. whatever it is that you're uh, um, criticizing on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a lot of funny replies, like people were expressing how worthless all their filled punch cards were. They have oh, yeah. like those free meal punch cards and they're just like, I don't know what to do with them because I just like don't. I just don't want it. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Um, uh, some people shared some horror stories too. I saw some of those. Yeah. Those uh, are definitely horror stories. One specifically, uh, abdom- abdominal pain after the last time they went to, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a, it was a guy from Australia too, who said he was excited to come to Utah and try Cafe Rio and he just got a stomach ache. The stomach ache was definitely off-putting, you know, yeah. but the fact that you're coming from Australia and you're like, I was so excited to come to Utah. The way he worded it was basically, I, <laughs> I was so excited to come to Utah to try Cafe Rio. I know. It made, kind of said it, it made it seem like that's why he came to Utah. Yeah. We've got beautiful snow-capped mountains. We've got red <laughs> rocks. We've got five national parks, but it's the Tomatillo Ranch for me. Yeah. He's like mediocre Mexican food is what I'm after. That's right. Um, to be fair, though, I think in, that, in the comments, I, I was going through the replies in that thread. And it did. It, they, someone else did say that like the uh, Mexican food in Australia is really bad. Like I, it's like I can guess. Yeah. I would. I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, but also at this point, you know, we're the the different parts of the world are not so closed off from each other. True. Like, yeah, you might. That, you know, the, the having a Mexican population is really important for having great Mexican food, obviously. So mm-hmm. when you get up to like the northeastern United States, probably not going to have the same thing. But, you know, we can get recipes up there. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be that hard to access good Mexican food. Anyway, uh, another horror story. Someone found a moth. Yeah. In their salad. <laughs> yeah. That's like a personal that, nightmare. Yeah. For yeah. Me. Yeah. That I'm one... not a mo- moth fan. No. Yeah. They're that... just dusty creatures. And that picture that she posted on yeah. the reply was horrifying. It really was. Because it was like covered in like salsa mm-hmm. and dressing. And, and, it just, was just, and it looked like a big moth. Honestly. It was huge. Yeah. Um, and also the thing that I thought it was funny is like people were just kind of airing out their personal grievances with Cafe Rio. And mm-hmm. then every now and then this like uh, Cafe Rio uh, customer service bot yes. would enter the chat. I'm glad you're bringing this up. I <laughs> it, was, it was such an odd thing because it wasn't like Cafe Rio's Instagram or Twitter account. It was like Kate from customer service. Yes. She has like seven followers or something. Yeah. She follows only Cafe Rio. Yeah. And she's only available Monday through Friday, 9 to 4 p.m., which is just, yeah. she came in on Monday morning after you tweeted on Saturday and was like, oh my God, what has happened? I know. You it, just it, ruined Kate's week probably. Yeah, or or made it. I, True. I have a feeling she probably doesn't have a lot to do on Twitter <laughs> if that's what, I. for a second I was trying to figure out, is this someone that works for Cafe Rio? Or, or just someone who loves Cafe yeah, Rio? Yeah, it's like I'm a personal ambassador here to, to bring justice to Cafe Rio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought that was really funny that she was just going down all these like stories and being like, please contact me. Yeah. We want to make things right. DM um, me. <laughs> yeah. My I, favorite response was uh, someone saying that the wheat tortillas are just white tortillas with molasses added to them. Huh. So not only is it not a whole wheat flour, it's actually just more sugar. Thus worse for you, this man says. Don't know about the <laughs> the veracity of his claim. Yeah. But uh, I... I that is fascinating if they just add molasses to their white tortillas. Yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah. Cause <laughs> let's bust this thing. Like, wide open. That was a big part of cafe Rio's like uh value proposition was their tortillas. And like, they, I mean, you'd have a salad and they literally put it in a tortilla mm-hmm. and then people are just like, I want the, I want the tortilla. That's the, one of the best parts of the salad. So I'm wondering if that was the kind of key is like, they just throw molasses in there and make it sweeter or whatever. Possibly. Um, so, uh, Looking, looking at Cafe Rio and where they're at right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I started thinking, because I, I mean, that tweet came from a genuine place. Yeah. And if you listen to this podcast, I've, I've said this before. I make fun of Cafe Rio all the time. One, for just being the like whitest Mexican food ever when there's so m- much great Mexican food here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's just become this like cultural staple of our state and it's like pretty mediocre. Yeah. Um, but there was a time when Cafe Rio was like, I don't know. It was like the it was like Disneyland of fast casual mm-hmm. in, in our state. Like it was an experience. Lines out the door. Lines out the door. Um, the the way that you the 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 employees would engage with people. Mm-hmm. Like they would always have. I mean, they do this at a lot of places. Like the cheer thing when yeah, you get cheer, like a free the free meal card. thing. Yeah. yeah, the extra meat. They would yell it, which is like 
you know, it seems like it's borders on shaming. Yeah, you're just it, like, yeah, hey, can I get some extra sweet pork? They're like, extra meat. And everyone's like, okay. Have you ever, yeah. uh, <laughs> have you ever been to Jimmy John's when they get a fresh batch of bread out of the oven? Uh-uh. They have to yell, hot bread. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. It's like I'm the only person in here. It's like, hot bread. You have to yell it if no customers are in the store. I know. <laughs> and then if there's no customers in the store, someone's like, hot, hot bread. And they're hot. like, shut up, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've never heard that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I've heard uh, like uh, Cold Stone, mm-hmm. like they'll go tip, tip, sing hooray. Sing for the tips yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They'll sing for the tips, which man, this is a, this is a story for another podcast. But I, I, when I was like, I think I was like either a senior in high school or it was like the summer between junior or senior year, I had a job interview at Cold Stone mm-hmm. and we had to sing. Oh no. In the job interview. Was it a group interview? It was a group interview. Oh, God. It was group interviews already are just like yeah. horrible because you're like, you know, a handful of these people are not getting jobs mm-hmm. and they have to meet people that are getting jobs. And uh I, I can't I can't even remember what I sang. I think I'm blocking out the whole memory <laughs> mentally because it was so embarrassing. But I walked out of there like, I, I don't want to work here if that's what it, what it's all about. Oh yeah. I was just like, I'm I could scoop ice cream. Uh it was awful. But um, so anyway, Cafe Rio at this one time had this like this uh, kind of like monolithic fast food culture in, in Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember even being at uh, Warp Tour one year and uh, seeing Megan Dia. You remember Megan Dia? Yeah. So they're a local band. They got pretty big in the emo uh, mid 2000s. Yeah. And the female duo, the the height of the female duo. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Uh, I remember her saying on stage, oh, it's so good to be back in Utah. I can't wait to go to Cafe Rio after our show. And, <laughs> um, so it really did. It had this like this really big presence. And uh, and I think like all that's kind of like dissipated. It's like all watered down now. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with the the crushed ice, what, what are what are all the staples of Cafe Rio? It's the the the, the engagement with the employees, the, the ranch, <laughs> the crushed ice. It's like it's an experience going there, or at least it was mm-hmm. because – I don't know about you, but the last probably five times that I've gone to Cafe Rio, it's been pretty bad. It's yes, can I would you, I would totally agree. Can you remember the last time you went? Yeah, it was uh, it was in July. At so some recently. point, yeah, it was pretty recent actually. <laughs> Annie and I were driving home from some sort of family engagement. I think it was my nephew's birthday party or something, and we were very hungry on our way home, so we decided to put in an order at the Canyon Rim uh, Cafe Rio. Going to call him out directly. directly. I want you to know the exact <laughs> store. Um, we put in an order to that one like 20 minutes before we get there and it's like it'll be ready basically when we're arriving. So when we arrive, we've already received the your order is ready text. Uh-huh. And so Annie, I'm just like, hey, do you just want to run in and grab it really quick and I'll just sit in the car because I'm lazy. And she is in there for like 15 minutes and she's like, there was a problem with our order or something. And so like 15 minutes go by, I'm just going to get out of the car and go sit yeah. in the restaurant where it's air conditioned. Um and they just like didn't have our order like they had no recollection of ever it being in their system or Mm -hmm. anything so somehow they accepted our order Mm -hmm. someone completed our order in their system and they had no recollection of it and not only that but they didn't even like put a put a rush order on it they just kept making people's food yeah yeah that people weren't there yet. They were just making all this to-go food for people who weren't there there were like four other people in there with us also pissed Uh uh-huh when we finally get home after we get the pit, I don't say, like, I try not to swear at service people very often, yeah, yeah. but I did, like, say, like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I we've been here for 40 minutes. Yeah. And um, when we finally got home after this very apathetic 20-year-old man gave us our food, um, Annie's salad did not have the the beloved Tomatillo Ranch. <laughs> so just no dressing for a salad. I didn't have, like my sour cream that I ordered. There's just so much wrong with the order yeah, aside yeah. from being 40 minutes late and yeah, yeah, like yeah. mysteriously having disappeared from their system. They're just, it's yeah. I, that's the other thing that I've noticed the last couple of times that I've gotten in there, the, there's like this, uh, uh, broad aloofness with mm-hmm. the employees. And that's why I kept bringing up like how engaged the employees used to be because it was like, this is the coolest place to be. And they would want the people like working the line to, like kind of have that vibe, yeah. you know, and now people are just like, what do you want? Just like, get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Let's get you through here. It's kind of, it kind of reminds like, I've always, this is a weird thing. I, this is kind of probably a weird inside joke between uh, me and my partner, but we always thought that like 
every time you went into an Einstein bagels, everyone was pissed off. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Every time we went to Einstein, the the, the whole staff would just be like, Ugh. here we go. Yeah. I Another spread, person who likes bagels. I got to spread cream cheese, cream cheese again. <laughs> it was, yeah. And, and there is, yeah, there is that. It's like, just like, I, I don't know what happens. And I, and I, and I, I over the past week after that, that tweet, I've been thinking about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it because the expansion? Because it's huge now. Like, yeah. Cafe Rio, when we were probably like in high school, what was the cafe? Like Riverdale? That was probably yeah, the Cafe Rio. The Riverdale we went to. one. Um, it, it was kind of a, it was a local thing, and there wasn't a Cafe Rio every city that you went to. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, we got our Cafe Rio. That was the one for the greater Ogden area. Yeah, exactly. And um, now I think last time I looked up, it's like 140 locations from like California to I think Virginia. They like, got some in DC, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty big now, and I know that even like as early I can't I can't remember when they sold it, but the original people that opened it uh, sold it like quite a long time ago. Like, yeah. So it's been expanding for quite a while, but I think it's just reached this point where it's like now leaving the kind of fast casual, uh, I don't know, staple to just being fast food. Yep. Like it's just fast food, and um, so. I, I, speaking to a, a recent ex, like experience that I had at Cafe Rio, this was actually the moment, and I think this was last year, probably in the middle of last year. This was the moment where I was like, "I'm done. I'm done with Cafe Rio." <laughs> and uh, it was a similar thing where, I, with with me, it was kind of the experience you had where I was just like missing things from my order. But the the real big nail in the coffin was <laughs> uh, my partner ordered a salad. And she had to drain the water from her salad. Oh my god! Like her, there was wa- like a like a puddle in the bottom of the silver tin of her salad. Wow! And she's like, "This is watery." Like <laughs> you can when when you dump dressing into a watery salad, it doesn't the dressing doesn't even work anymore. Yeah. It kind of just waters down, and uh, so really really bad. Um, the other thing that I noticed with all these tweets uh, is that everyone is like super into Costa Vida now, mm-hmm. which I never like. Costa Vida was always kind of like, ah, it's just like the alternative if you're yeah. not near a Cafe Rio. And they have like little differences. There was like famously a lawsuit mm-hmm. in 2007 or something that got quietly dismissed. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Cafe Rio sued Costa Vida for basically stealing their their whole brand, essentially. Um, but everyone was like, yeah, Costa Vida is now the, the place. They stepped up their game. And so I was like, I got to try it. And so two nights ago, we went to Costa Vida Really pleasant time. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it was at the the employees were just like a lot of smiles. How mm-hmm. you doing? What what are you what are you doing tonight? Which usually I'm not like too engaged with. I usually yeah. I usually throw throw like just a kind of a, a a like a lame answer. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go home watch TV, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I like sat and talked with the employees because I was like looking. I was like, okay, I'm giving you the 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 ability to replace Cafe Rio yep. in my heart, and uh, everyone was super cool. And then this is this is what sold it. Um, so I ordered nachos, mm-hmm. got the sweet, por- sweet pork nachos. And the thing I like about nachos or the thing I like to do with nachos is I always like to have a backup kind of salsa or dip because salt, I mean, that the, the natural state of nachos is that you can't get a perfect nacho every time. Right. Yeah. Most of the, most of the good nachos are kind of in the middle, but then you get these kind of bare chips off Absolutely. to the side. Or bare or soggy. Yeah. Bare or soggy. And so I like to have some kind of dip. Mm-hmm. For those for those bare nachos off to the side, um, so I was ordering and I noticed that they had chips and queso. And I was like, "Well, I don't want a whole thing of chips and queso because I have enough chips. Like I'm getting nachos, so maybe I just get a little side of queso." And uh, so I'm like, "I'm just gonna ask him for that." Go up to the line, order my nachos. Without even asking, he's like, "You want queso on the side?" Oh, I was very like, nice. What? I was like, "That comes with it." And he's like, "Yeah, we just give you a little thing of queso off to the side." And I was like, "Oh." They like predicted <laughs> I had it. I, yeah, I had one concern with my order and they, they cleared it out before I even had to ask. That is amazing. And I was like, this was magical. And I was like, is, is this, am I, am, is my brain primed to love Costa Vida? Cause I've been reading all these tweets <laughs> or did they really step up their game? And I think they have. Maybe they, they knew that you were who you were. That tweet did pop off. I know, yeah, they saw so the maybe, tweet. maybe they saw the tweet and they were like, we got to take care <laughs> like, of this He's guy. coming guys. He's coming. This guy has power. <laughs> and not only that, we came in. Which is, this is something I, I usually hate to do, and my partner, who's from the service industry, the restaurant industry, hates it too. Which is like coming into a restaurant less than an hour before they close. Uh-huh. But we came in probably with forty-five minutes left, 
in the night. And still, they were all like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Nice. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, really, really appreciated that uh, visit to Costa Vida. And uh, they have my full endorsement. There you go. So, Cafe, sorry, do you have anything else on that? Just uh, that I remembered, I was like, why Why does a lot of this sound so familiar? And I remembered that KSL did that food takeout bracket. When I was, when I was like, how do I know that Cafe Rio has locations in dc it's because ksl did that best local food cafe rio made it to the final four Uh, so public opinion is not all the way there yet i think that has more to say about ksl's audience very true and their taste that's fair maybe i I, is is cafe rio open on sundays i have no idea maybe that's a that's probably post church probably hang yeah it could be i don't know i will say a little peek behind the curtain uh before we started recording um I meant to eat before we uh, started recording this podcast, and uh-huh. I forgot to. So I asked Jordan if he had any snacks or anything, <laughs> and I totally forgot the first segment of this podcast was going to be about all food. Yeah. So I'm just dying yeah. right here. I'm just dying. <laughs> well, we're not done yet because I actually <laughs> wanted to discuss now that Cafe Rio's out. What is like? What are the best local fast casual? When I say fast casual, I mean like the assembly line yeah. type restaurant. You know? Yeah. Um. So I don't. Do you have Do you have any suggestions? I wrote down like five. I don't I have good. any suggestions for the fast casual. I mean, like I do, I enjoy, I enjoy like Panda Express sometimes. <laughs> Dude, Panda's <laughs> another one that I got, I got. You got iced? I got iced bad. Yeah. But it was at the Minneapolis airport, oh. Panda Express. And yeah. it was, yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. I, my, my, the, my, bi, my biology mm-hmm. was different for like no. three days. Yeah, it was rough. The only one I can really think of that I really enjoy in terms of like that assembly line is probably Vessel. I love Vessel. Vessel is number one on my, like dude, yeah. Vessel kills it. Cause when I was initially looking at this question, I just thought, oh, kind of just like food that is quick, but not like, I mean, like it takes some time, but it's not sit down service. Yeah. And so I just put uh, hires as always. Yeah, that's Char- a- <laughs> Charlie's chicken as always. Which also came up in the tweets cuz Spence was like, "Also, oh, I heard yeah. hire sucked." And then I was like, "If anyone's going to be an ambassador for that establishment, <laughs> it's going to be Dan." And I had just eaten there yeah. mere hours earlier for the first time since like February too. That's so so funny. it just ha- so happened to be that way. Yeah. That's yeah, hires is great. Uh just down the street from where we're recording right now, Pedelia Street Greek. Mm. They've taken kind of like the, cause we, we have a lot of those like kind of Greek joints, mm-hmm. the Euro and Fry joints around here. Um, and they kind of like turned it into that assembly line type thing where it's like build build a meal and stuff. Yeah. And it's really good. I, I kind of wish there was more of those uh, around. Well, the, along that line, Siegfried's Deli is kind of that same way where you, they are. you get to kind of like point and yeah. choose. I mean, you gotta, if you order like schnitzel, it's going to be cooked, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's a, that's another good one. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's one you got to be on your toes too. If you're like lollygagging in the line, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what you want and you're not ready to go, they'll be like, Hey, you're going to get yelled yeah, at come by on, an Eastern European woman. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's part of the experience. I love it. Um, R&R barbecue kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of got yep. the assembly. Like everything's kind of sort of prepped and ready to go. And they just kind of assemble things as they go along. Uh, Blue Lemon, which is kind of, I think, the Cafe Rio to Vessels Costa Vida. Interesting. Yeah. I think they're trying to do the same thing where it's like, we we kind of got like healthier stuff, Mm -hmm. but they're also kind of keeping a foot on like the Zupas thing. Yeah. You know, but, um, and I think it's maybe just a tad overpriced. I, it might be about the same price as like Vessel, but Vessel, I feel like you're getting what you pay for, you know? Yep. Uh, Cut Bop. Okay. Another one of those. I actually was like kind of not like way into Cut Bop, but as of like recently, I've had you, it. You started? Yeah. Well, it kind of, so I, I went and filmed something with the owners of Cut Bop in West Valley. And after we were done filming, they were like, they just told their employees, they're like, whatever he wants, just give it, just give him, you know, oh, nice. on the house. And I was like, okay, I'll have some cup pop. And then I did. And I was like, man, I've been sleeping on this stuff. So I think it like, usually when I would have it, it would be like in a food truck environment. Mm-hmm. And I just don't jump for the, the kind of noodles and spicy, yeah. you know? Um, but now they have all these locations like brick and mortar locations. And so, uh, and one down the street and I've been popping in every now and then. There you go. Cup pop, pretty good. And then the last place is, uh, that I had is just, oh my. Have you ever been to Omai? Is that the sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. The banh mi. Yeah. Also really good. Also, I don't. I it could. You could argue that it's not quite the fast casual place, but I, I, I kind of throw it in that. I hear you. Um, 
Anyway, uh, Cafe Rio is out. Costa Vida's in. Let's go. World keeps on spinning. <laughs> uh, let's get into some news. Uh, so I found a really cool, just, no, I guess I wouldn't call it cool. It's controversial in some way, but uh, a well-written article in the Salt Lake Tribune uh, written by Courtney Holden. You can check that out at Salt Lake Tribune's website. I'm not sure if it's under a pay, behind a paywall. I, I, have a, I have a subscription. Yep. So everything just shows up. And there is like a little line that says, thanks for subscribing. This is only yeah. available to you. But I can't I can't keep track of which ones are or are. And if you, you know, want to really read Salt Lake Tribune's content, just support them. For it's sure. A, it's, a, it's a local institution. Uh, so uh, Courtney Holden wrote this great article about the outdoor gear industry in mm-hmm. Utah, which if people remember about four years ago, there was a kerfuffle with uh, then Governor Gary Herbert. Remember Gary Herbert? I do. Yeah. Can't forget him fast enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a, I, I honestly I shouldn't throw shots at him he's like retired he's you know he's not hurting anyone anymore probably hopefully not maybe not uh, maybe not <laughs> uh, about four years ago Gary Herbert signed a resolution asking uh, the, the current king of America to rescind uh, the designation of bears ears as a national monument and so because of that as a reaction uh, huge outdoor brands like Patagonia and uh, Arcteryx stated that they would not participate in the outdoor retailer expo as long as it was uh, being done in Utah. So since that year, uh, the expo has moved to Denver and has been operating out of Denver. And in Holden's article, she interviews various industry leaders about Utah's unique infrastructure and how the the uh, the geography of, of uh, Salt Lake and its um, how close it is to the airport mm-hmm. makes Utah like a really uniquely great place for these types of expos. And she talks to various uh, people that are either brand ambassadors or people that work for convention centers and, and kind of gets these interviews and their kind of takes on the whole kind of cultural climate of the uh, outdoor gear industry. Um, and uh, some companies um, have actually even left the outdoor expo in Denver because one, it's too expensive. And uh, two, they're just like, people can demo the gear pretty much out of the expo here in Utah. Yeah. Because it's like, the I think- Cradled the art- by the mountains. Yeah. In the, in the uh, article, it said like 40 minutes from landing your plane to the mountains. Like, it's just so quick to get. And then, you know, and if they are able to demo gear and then bring it back, it just, that makes that whole ecosystem a lot easier and a lot more uh, interactive. Um, the thing though that I thought was interesting, the, the conversation that kind of got brought up from this article, uh, and there's obviously like different angles to this, and that's what I want to discuss. But um, the, some some of the people in the article, some of the people that are engaged or working in this industry, think it's better to engage with the state and its problems rather than kind of run from the problems. Mm-hmm. So, so sp- specifically to like Patagonia. You know, that, that was, I guess that was one of the justifications for why they continue to operate and do these things in Utah, which is like, we're not going to run from Utah because there's a few bureaucratic people who are doing bad things to the environment. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to stay and try to embrace the, the people here. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. Is that like the, uh, is that the right approach? Like, should should brands be running when when uh, politicians are making these I think it's, decisions? I think it's it's a difficult... It's a difficult question to answer. Um, like, I think that there's definitely, in terms of people, like that hurts Utahns yeah. who have nothing to If you leave, you know, if this convention leaves, mm-hmm. that hurts Utahns who are, you know, who are who are able to make some money off of the, the convention, yeah. whether that's helping set up or facilitate or yeah. being at the convention itself. It's an economy booster. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that more than anything, money speaks to the, the government. Which is and why I think he, taking yeah. your money and taking a big opportunity to make money away from the state probably speaks to them more than like, well, well yeah, we're going to work. Because, I mean, I don't know. I've just personally, I've seen our legislature try to work with people in the past, and it doesn't seem like they're really working with them so much. It's just yeah. kind of like, all right, come on. Yeah, yeah. Finish it's, up with your talk so I can go back to doing what I was yeah, already Yeah, it's more about do. optics than mm-hmm. actual change. So I think that it's definitely something that's worth discussing and it would be interesting to hear the thoughts of Patagonia and the other companies that felt that way. But I mean, it's hard for me to blame them. That said, it's not as if Colorado doesn't have its fair share of kooks, you know what I mean? In in terms of the the political sphere, I think every state you go to is going to have, have some people. It's just that 
Utah is very unique in that so much of our state is public land that mm-hmm. so much of our state could be changed. It's, and, it's, and- <laughs> there's a lot more opportunity to make those mistakes. Here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think, uh, yeah, Denver d- does have its fair share of, uh, I, I, am I even sure what their governor situation is like, or the people that are leading that state? Mm-hmm. I think they were blue on the la- in the last election. I think so. Yeah. So typically, um, I think that they, in terms of like national election stuff, they're pretty blue. But they do have their pockets, just like everywhere else. You know what yeah. I mean? I know that that like specifically that Lauren Boebert lady who is, seems to be somewhat of a clown <laughs> yeah, yeah. is a Coloradan. Oh, she Coloradoan. Coloradian. Colorad. Colorden. Collar daddy. <laughs> Oh no. Not our podcast. Um <laughs> yeah. So Patagonia I think yeah, I think there 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 it is twofold. Like the money speaks. So if they pull that, I mean that's that's why it wasn't the outdoor retailer expo. It was basically their biggest clients saying mm-hmm. we're not going to do this and they're like, "Well, okay. Well, we want to keep Patagonia around." Um and yeah, I there is kind of this like, "Okay, you're kind of abandoning it." And I know that Patagonia does uh, a lot of like advocacy work. Like, I think they still have something on their website that is like, uh, fill this out, uh, to, or give us your opinion on the bears ears thing and we'll send it. Yeah. You know, they, so they're, they, they, they do try things like that. Um, but there is this part of me that is like, you know, the people that are going to change or the, I mean, obviously it's the leaders that are going to actually put pen to paper and to change these things, but they're going to be influenced by the citizens. Mm-hmm. And if you still have a presence here in Utah as a, as a brand that wants to push that, then you can get people on board here in Utah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, um, yeah, money speaks. And if Patagonia is gone and they don't want to deal with Utah, then we're, we're going to take those losses. And that's honestly, it's because leaders are kind of making decisions like this on a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and not, I mean, with this is kind of the thing with the whole inland port too, which is like, it seems like they're like, oh, this is going to be a huge economic booster for Utah, but they're not considering the quality of life of the citizens that currently live here. Yeah. yeah, It's basically like all of this responsibility and environmental issues and all of these things are falling specifically on Salt Lake Mm -hmm. just so that the rest of the state can have some more money, I guess. I don't know. And it kind of, it's like, we should be leaning into the things that Utah can make money with. Mm -hmm. Like you can, can you, I don't know if there's something specific about the location of the inland port that makes it important. Just a lot of land there. Yeah. But there's a lot of land. (laughs) Freeway access, airport access. There's a lot of land in Tooele. There's a lot of land that nobody really cares about out there, you know, and I'm sure that the the highways have something to do with it, Mm -hmm. but like there's other places that you can put this that aren't so close to like where everyone's trying to live and breathe, (laughs) which is becoming more and more difficult these days. It really is. Um, And uh, so I think that's something that leaders have to look at is like, what is Utah good at? Mm-hmm. When it comes to the outdoor industry and outdoor gear and culture, we're really good at that. So why not lean into stuff like that? Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just kind of leaders, uh, again, governing from a spreadsheet and not yeah. by, by engaging with their citizens. Anyways, uh, the article also kind of hints that it's, there's a possibility that the Outdoor Expo could be coming back uh, because their contract with Denver is up, I think, in the next year. Yep. Um, so I would be interested to see if, you know, Governor Cox tries to get any of that business back. Well, I mean, it may have, they may have been helped out by whatever this current presidential administration is going to do or has done with mm-hmm. Bears Ears and other. Yeah, because it's know, back on the board now. Yeah. They're, 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 uh, they're reviewing it again. Which is just a, a great time, just constantly <laughs> flip-flopping. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't know this as I was like kind of doing the prep for the show that the Bears Ears uh, monument, the, the um, redesignation of land, I think was the largest monument redesignation in history. Wow. And the first time that a president has redesignated monument land since 63. Wow. So it was like, I didn't know how unprecedented that was until I actually started like reading into it. 
admittedly, I probably should have been more on top of this when it was going down in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, a lot of stuff going on in 2017. There's a lot. Yeah. There's nothing going on in 2021. I know. Remember when we used to be like, ah, oh, 2017, what a shitty year. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, it's like, those were the golden days. Who'd have known? <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to read more about that article, which is way more in depth, we we're just barely scratching the surface on the things in that article. So go check that out. Uh, Courtney Holden wrote it at uh, Salt Lake Trib. Also reported this week in the news, this is some more, I mean, this is less engaged, more dumb kind of filler news. Yeah. But sometimes we like to touch down on these things. Uh, Wallet Hub, a publication that should always be taken with a grain of salt, uh, released <laughs> a ranking of the happiest states in the U.S., uh, based on 31 metrics, including work, weekly work hours, participation in sports, divorce rates, and job satisfaction. And Utah ranked number one, the number one happiest state in the U.S. Somebody forgot to tell a lot of Utahns. A lot of Utahns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is like I want to unpack some of these metrics because maybe the numbers are a little bit rigged. Yeah. I don't want to be just like a constant naysayer on this yeah. podcast, but like my first thought was bullshit. Like this yeah. is like when <laughs> you just see one of those random images on social media that like Barstool or something puts out that's like everybody's favorite fast food restaurant for each state. And it's like yeah. Utah somehow has like KFC. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I've never met a person that likes to go to KFC in Utah. Yeah. 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 And, and and that's what I think. I think a lot of the uh, uh, metrics kind of show why we maybe got that. So some of the metrics that they based this study on number of hours worked, we rank first in the nation. Does that mean we work the least? Yeah, that was a question for myself as well. Yeah. I would have to say yes, but that is strictly a part of like, and this is ever changing, but that is strictly gotta be because of the Mormon culture and how like there are so many kind of like homemaker women yeah, that are that are stay at home, home parents. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be that because yeah. that skews the numbers so heavily. Yeah, uh, separation and divorce rate hands down has to be because of the, <laughs> the church. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I know plenty of divorced people, divor people that come from divorced families, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's just kind of a, a a cultural Mormon thing. One would argue, and this is you know maybe beside the point, but one might argue that. People are happier after they get divorced. That's Don't people point. get divorced because they're unhappy? I would hope so. So, like, I don't know if that's really a valid metric either. Yeah. And uh, just based on you just have more people in unhappy marriages. There was another study that came out. And again, here I go throwing studies, pulling <laughs> studies out of my ass. Like, I'm, I, I, I have a whole encyclopedia of everything that's going on in Utah. But uh, there was a, something that came out in the last, I think it was actually something with like the cannabis advocacy, mm -hmm. but Provo is like, or Utah County has one of the, I think the highest number of medical cards yeah. in Utah. Yeah. And despite as a county voting against it on the ballot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the hypocrisy. And yeah. not only that, but Provo or Utah County has had this kind of, uh, uh, reputation for being sedated mm -hmm. in, in the past. And has that's created a lot of problems, but a lot, I mean, I, I think that the, the the great thing about the church is you can be addicted to you know prescription drugs and still keep your life, <laughs> yeah, and, and you still have this nice foundation to rest upon. Um, so I think that maybe a lot of uh, people are unhappy in their marriages, but they're really uh, well sedated. Yeah, and, you know, that's a very big sweeping uh, guess or generalization that I'm making, uh, but it could explain that. Uh, sports participation were first. Again, I don't know what that means. Just a lot of kids. So just yeah. based on the number of children, there's going to be more participation in sports. Yeah. So it's Everything's like, yeah. coming back to, and I don't want to be the podcast that just talks shit on Mormons yeah, all the yeah. time, but everything's coming back to the church right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's where it gets dodgy. Safety. We're fourth in safety. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we're starting to slip a little bit. What kind bit. of safety? Like, I don't know. That's just, what it just says. It just says general safety. safety. General safety. All right. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's like a perceived safety within your own community. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel safe in your community? Do you feel you you're in Mill Creek? For do, the most part, safe? yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty safe. Um yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe we have really good like a good OSHA organization here. Could be. I don't know. Could be. Uh, adequate, adequate sleep rate. This is the one that really caught my eye. We're sixth 
uh, in the nation for adequate sleep rate, which is still good, but yeah, if you go to the methodology section of this webpage, uh-huh. uh, I went to the actual study, yeah. it'll list, it, it'll tell you like where they got things from. Basically most of these answers come from like a Gallup survey. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what the survey sample was or anything like that, the size of it, but all I'm saying is like, what, how do you sleep? Didn't have even any anything there for it they didn't list how they came to that yeah that conclusion for the sleep i get i don't sleep very well yeah i was gonna ask you (laughs) when's the last time you got a good night's sleep i don't know i mean i never feel particularly rested i don't know if that is because of Mm -hmm. me personally if it is because my bed sucks or what yeah oh yeah you got a new bed that you're waiting for i am waiting for a new bed this weekend so That'll be nice, but maybe, so maybe that's when I'll get my, I'll I'll catch up with the rest of the state. Dan Dan gets his new bed. Then we already bump up to third in this. That's right. (laughs) So what kind of numbers are you putting up? You putting up like eight hours, seven hours? (laughs) I would say I usually put up six to seven hours. Six to seven hours. Yeah. That's about where I am too. And most of that is based on my own like, uh, irresponsibility with it's like, oh shit, it's 2am and I have to be up at, you know, eight. Mm -hmm. Whoops. Um, my bad. Yeah. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll take sixth in the country. Uh, long-term unemployment rate, sixth again. Um, I mean, that's always been a thing. Yeah. I think we've always had like uh, job availability mm-hmm. here. Uh, so much so that now like all the shitty jobs are having trouble <laughs> getting yeah. filled yeah. right now, which is kind of like this weird- Comeuppance. Yeah, it's like the, the, the bit of chaos that I kind of like. Yeah. Where I'm like, yes. 100%. Pay people more money. Uh, speaking of which, eighth in income growth. I think this I think is because- I think we're like 58th in income, gro- income growth. I, I think this is probably maybe because we have so much ground to cover mm-hmm. that any little blip seems like, it's like, oh, we're up 200%, but we're True. still back behind the rest of the country. True. Uh, that's why I'm like, we should be first, you know, because- They should do I, it adjusted by inflation within the state. Yeah. Because then it would be last place, I bet. For sure. If we had, if we sized up the income growth versus the the adjusted inflation, I bet we are dead last. Yeah. And uh, the only, probably the only point in this podcast where we'll touch down on COVID, but they did mention in this COVID positivity rate per capita, right down the middle at number 27. That wow. seems about, that seems just from judging- Everything that's going on in the country, that seems about right. Sure. Yeah. We still got growing numbers, but we're not like popping off like other states. States are having really Just you problems. wait. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Don't doubt us. Don't doubt Utah in the fourth quarter. We'll get in there. Um, so if you asked me before this study, before I saw any of this stuff or how they did this, if Utah was the happiest state, I don't know if I would put them at number one. <laughs> I don't think I would. And maybe it's, maybe, are we just doomers? I don't, I don't know. I think that Utah has above average suicide rates, depression rates, opiate abuse rates. Um, you know, I know that like domestic crime rates in Salt Lake are above average. There are yeah quite a few bad statistics that I could also throw out like that. Yeah. Um, but maybe I would argue, and this is a problem with the whole world that. Um, you're kind of just like, what do you, what are we doing if we're measuring the happiest states? It doesn't seem like anyone is particularly happy. Yeah, right now. <laughs> the, yeah, and the where does the country right in the world is like yeah. happiest countries? Because then that's where our ceiling is. Um, yeah, I, and maybe it's just like the, the 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 social circles that I'm in, whether it's like friends or the online places that I f- frequent. You know, Twitter is famously just like. Mostly negative, mm-hmm. you know. True. I, I I say that after just shitting on Cafe Rio last <laughs> week. Too too much applause. Um, but uh, I and and like on, I see this on like Salt Lake City's Reddit too a lot. Which again, Reddit is another one of those yeah. places where it's just people complaining about things. Uh, but yeah, on Reddit, people are just like, "Well, look at the sky again today. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it sucks. Ah, moving away." Well, that is a totally fair thing. I was I was felt so bad. Every time there yeah. was just like a really bad air day, which was a lot of days, That's especially an, yeah. days in a row, I was just like, man, I am so sad. Yeah, that was another thing that we didn't really get to talk a lot about since we uh, took our, our summer vacation, yeah. which was like between the last time we did the podcast and now, a huge chunk of those days were just like garbage air mm-hmm. days. Like Pretty much really, an entire really, really month. Bad. Basically, all of August was, yeah. was bad air. Which 
brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about. This last weekend, we had like probably the best air day, I think even before summer started. Yeah, I think like, so too. It was insane. Mm -hmm. Like so insane that I woke up and I was like shocked by just like looking out the window. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like I can see the detail of the mountains on the other side of the valley. Yep. And um, I got emotional about it. Did you? I did. I was just driving to get coffee on Saturday morning. No, so this must have been Saturday afternoon because it was uh -huh. raining on Saturday morning. Yeah. But I do. I remember. I looked over. Mount Olympus is my favorite mountain. It's the one. Yeah. It's the one with all like the rock face on it. It looms over the canyon rim. Yeah. Caperio. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember I just looked at that and I was like, this is just absolutely beautiful. This is what like it makes me feel like I might have been taking my views for granted. Without yeah. without all the smog in my face, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that I mean that that it that like going back to like Reddit and stuff. That was all the posts from that day was just like I took this picture out my window, and it's like glorious, and it's just like yeah. it's like the lamest picture ever. But you're like, oh, like it looks so nice. Like it's it, it it sucks that we have to be in this position where it's like on a pr what should be a normal day in, in Utah mm -hmm. is like a miracle to us it is. because it's so clear and we actually get to see the environment that we live in. But when it's at its peak, it is amazing. Yeah. It, like we, uh, I think it was Sunday evening. So I, yeah, I think it cleared out probably overnight between Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then we had pretty good air uh, pretty much until like Monday morning and then it started to kind of get a little. Yeah. Musty but at least again. we're in the moderate section this yeah. week. We're not yeah. in the, in the terrible. Yeah. <laughs> red. But uh, we went for a walk, just kind of like a sunset walk. And <laughs> we were just like, I can smell things. Yeah. I smell grass. Like I can like I can smell nature. And it felt so weird. Like usually it smells like campfire everywhere or smog, whatever. But like just and and we weren't like in we were just walking around our neighborhood. Yeah. It smelled like trees and stuff. And we we're like, oh my God, this shouldn't be sticking out to us so vividly. Yeah. Right now. But it did. And it was kind of an amazing experience. And God damn, I can't wait for the next one. Oh, I know. <laughs> the next hopefully, clear day. Hopefully they're more, you know, consistent as we get closer yeah. to fall. Um Annie and I went to Red Butte Garden talking about smelling things, walked through that fragrance garden. Was that, that this past weekend? Yeah, it was nice. on Saturday. We went to Red Butte Garden and it was just a, a wonderful day. It was yeah. a little hot because we expected it to be kind of cold because it was yeah, raining yeah. when we decided to go. Yeah. And then uh so I was a little overdressed, pretty sweaty, but <laughs> but, but it was great. <laughs> um I think, and I th I think it's safe to say, like at this point, and I've I've had this conversation with a few people this year, which is like, I think the summer, the summer, I, you wouldn't call it, I get, well, it's kind of inversion, right? But it doesn't work the same as like winter inversion. It's yeah, just, it's not trapped air so much as it's just like. We're getting caught in a current. We're getting caught in a current of smoke. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Which not like, coming from us. Sometimes it did. There was a couple of weeks where Park City had some fires and mm -hmm. we were just like, great. <laughs> like, great. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. Um, no, it's all it, just yeah. that, that, that sweet, sweet California smoke. It's not enough to send your people here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we got to take on your, your wildfire byproducts now as well. Um, yeah. I think I genuinely think at this point that like winter inversion is not as nearly as bad. No. As the smoke has been <laughs> like, it gets, it's, it's shitty when it's like all foggy and gross and you do, you can be, if you're out in it for a long time in the winter, it does weigh on you, mm -hmm. but Dude, when it's a really smoky day and you're outside for a little while, it like puts me out of commission. Yeah, for like, sure. It's so bad. Yeah, it makes me hack. I had to start I had to start using my inhaler again, which I hadn't really used with any regularity since high school, maybe. Yeah. So like it is Did it, you get it, did you get a new bad. tank in there though? I had to yeah, I had to <laughs> I had to use like a teledoctor, do like the oh, FaceTime yeah. with a doctor, get a prescription for albuterol. I was, was gonna say, was I hope, whole thing. hope you weren't using the same tank from high school. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> no, no. hello, old friend. <laughs> I did use that up until last year. I just remember last year when everything was like so chaotic with COVID that uh -huh. I was like, I'm gonna start using my inhaler again. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like this way old inhaler. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm actually, I'm I'm like over summer now. I'm like, bring on the winter. I yeah. want it, and I hope we do. I hope we get hammered with snow this year. I hope so. I want too. it so bad. Um, okay, so we're going to close out the show talking about some developments that are going on here with us uh, at Holy Hive, but also at our kind of broader now parent brand, yeah, uh, Oddly Utah. So at, I think I think this was kind of cooking last time we were on the podcast. I think so. Yeah, we were kind of we were. We, I think we announced that we were 
um, changing our website to Oddly Utah and kind of distancing it from this podcast here so that we might expand and do more types of content under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, just for, I mean, I'd say at this moment, people that are listening to this podcast probably know us <laughs> pretty well, yeah. but, uh, for people that don't, uh, so I, I work for, um, Broadway media or the Broadway media umbrella. I'm technically part of a kind of a sister company called Real media, which is, the, the in-between Broadway and Real Salt Lake, mm -hmm. all owned by the same people. Uh, and over these past four months, we've been kind of working some deals out um, because we're here in a radio studio and we have all these resources. And we thought, you know, let's try to get in bed with this company. And so we basically, Dan and I don't have to be the same people in every piece of content that we create, yeah. uh, which is really difficult because as far as this podcast goes, we are personalities, preppers, producers, everything, yeah. craft services, promotion <laughs> or lack of craft services. Or, if you're yeah. done, <laughs> if, if you just come hungry, you're not going to leave happy. No, <laughs> um, that's our new tagline for the podcast. Come, <laughs> if you don't come hungry, you won't leave happy. <laughs> um, but, uh, so we're actually, uh, working right now as we speak with uh, a lot of different personalities who are, um, producers here in the building for radio shows who are personalities on radio shows. And we are expanding um, our content, not only from podcasting, we are launching new podcasts. Uh, I think the next one that we launch will actually be coming out next week. Don't hold me to that because things change and plans change, but uh, launching new podcasts with people who are not Dan and I, yes, um, and uh, also video content as well. Um, so right now we're gonna be operating just basically off of our social media. So the best way that you can support us right now just go to uh, YouTube, search Oddly Utah. Our channel will pop up. That's where this podcast will be hosted from yep. now on. And to be fair, if you were subscribed to Holy Hive before, it's just the same thing. You yeah, we just gave it a facelift. Yeah, facelift. Um, and then same with Twitter and Instagram, Oddly Utah. Uh, that is how we're operating currently because we're, I mean, in, in, in all transparency, we're kind of drumming up a little bit of local interest in trying to get more people with deeper pockets on board. Yeah. Uh, but part of that, pitch is going to be our website. And I'm not going to get too deep on that because that that's something that uh, we're working really hard on behind the curtain and something that we basically, we want our website to operate differently than a current media website. So basically we kind of view our competition, friendly competition. You know, we, we like our local institutions here, but mm -hmm. we just want to operate within the, the confines of Utah. So your KSLs, your Fox 13s, Things like that. Although we're not going to be really doing hard hard hitting journalism. No, leave that to the pros. I'm yeah. not. I don't. I don't have the uh, ability, nor the knowledge, nor the desire to like <laughs> the energy. Yeah. Pound down someone's door to get an interview about legislation or anything like yeah. that. Ben Winslow does a great job. Yeah, and hopefully we can connect <laughs> with him too, because we're not. You know, we we. We're, we're trying to do something different, but we also want to plug ourselves into the greater media sphere of mm -hmm. Salt Lake City and Utah at large. Um, so uh, just for now, uh, follow us on the social media, all the social media platforms, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see a lot more uh, oddly Utah content coming down the pipeline uh, with different people than Dan and I, which yeah. will be refreshing. <laughs> It'll be so refreshing. Yeah. And, and we'll be able to cover different topics and different, you know, sort of yeah. things. It won't all just be like Utah news, Utah, you know, yeah. cafe Rio. Yeah. Right. I mean, there Rio might tweets. be some more cafe. Yeah. Rio. There's Who definitely, knows? yeah. <laughs> our, our ongoing saga with cafe Rio is def <laughs> is long from over. Um, but essentially what we're trying to do with this company is to one, modernize local media. Cause while, a lot of local media institutions are uh, making changes to how they operate. Obviously, Salt Lake Tribune is probably the biggest one in recent mm -hmm. memory. They've stopped doing the – that's still a thing, right? They, they I think they do a weekly print. A that's weekly one, print. One print per week and everything else is kind of digital. Yeah. They do – They do. yeah, so mostly digital. Uh, KSL, I think, is mostly a classifieds. Mm -hmm. but, like that's where a lot of their revenue comes from now. Yep. Um, so they, have, uh, you know, they don't have to rely as much on advertising, although they still do a lot of advertising on their website and stuff. Uh, but we're trying to f find a different way to get content. And not only that, but how to engage with local, not like news necessarily, but culture. Yeah. Um, and part of that engagement is also developing a stronger relationship 
and a stronger uh, line of communication with the community, meaning we're trying to get away from the talking at you and get into talking with you. Um, and that'll take different forms. Obviously, the, the, the clearest form is like just having an open I don't know, message board, which might be a function of the website, which is like you can log in and actually talk about things. And we'll create a space that's not like Twitter. Yeah. You know, and and not also quite like KSL, where it's like if you say one divisive, I mean, not divisive, there's plenty of divisive <laughs> things said on the KSL comment boards. Uh, but if you, I mean, say, let's if you use colorful language or something, it's pretty heavily moderated. Not to say that we won't moderate, but like we're trying to find that good balance yeah. where people can be open about their opinions and we're not, you know, isolating certain groups away from the conversation. Um, but then also just content that engages in real time. Like we want to do live streams. Um, I don't know, Dan, you want to start streaming, start streaming video games. Oh yeah. You guys can watch me <laughs> play no. rocket league and <laughs> no. get really mad and maybe quit not, halfway through. Maybe not video games. We'll do Dan's live, uh, Dan's going to live stream the entire menu of hires there you go. every week. He's going to try a new <laughs> menu item and do a live stream. That's, that's right. That's good content. Um, and then I guess the kind of third part of, of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to make media progressive. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean progressive in the political sense, I guess kind of, but like the way that media companies right now operate, it's this like everything has to be driven by outrage, mm -hmm. right? Now, not to say that we won't lean into that, but it won't be this manipulative like – I guess I would call it the Tucker Carlson way of doing things yeah. where it's like you answer or you ask five questions that you don't have the answer to, but it's just supposed to drum up you, the, your viewers. Yeah, why is that that yeah, way? Ang yeah, anger and stuff. Mm -hmm. like, we're not trying to inspire anger. We will have divisive opinions like Cafe Rio versus Costa Vida. Yeah. But I don't think anyone is going to stop talking to their parents over things like that, you know? <laughs> so we're trying to find this way to foster an open, productive conversation about what's going on in Utah and not just have not just have takes. Like we're just not going to throw takes mm -hmm. willy nilly just to like make our audience mad. We want to understand our takes and other people's takes. Um, and I think down the line and we're, we've always been, um, kind of careful with how we approach politics. But I think once we actually do get into that game down the line, once we, I don't think I'm the person that should do the oddly political show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I would I would love to have opinions on things that we talk about in that sphere. But uh, I think once we do find the right person, it's something that sticks to strictly state politics. Yeah. And ices out the, the national noise because For sure. I think that's all you get nowadays is just national politics. And yeah, state politics might be more boring, but you can also act on them. Mm -hmm. You can engage with them um, on a deeper level. Um, so essentially, we just want to be transparent and use media as a tool, use it responsibly, but also make it entertaining. Like our, our stuff is not going to be like hard hitting news stories. No, and it's I not, would say you know, most of it isn't. Most of be it hard is no. The majority <laughs> of it, and maybe down the line, if we can grow enough to a point and start hiring like real actual journalists, which Dan and I are not, but if we can hire real journalists, then we'll do that and we'll find a way to do it in our way. Um, but um, and the, the other thing too is that we want to like just like really try to support the local economy. Meaning, if we can somehow set up a system where we're mostly audience supported, then we don't really have to bow down to advertisers because we have a foundation. Yep. Um, and obviously, we know we have to earn that. We're not just gonna be like, go support us, you know, pour us. Uh, no, we know we have to earn that, and that's coming down the line. Obviously, our, our stuff is free and everything like that right now, but. Um, we want to get to a point where we can actually just engage with local companies, local brands, advertise them, do create content with them. And maybe not even just like do this type of advertising. That's, um, you know, we're just going to put a banner on our website or anything. Mm -hmm. we're actually going to make content. We're going to try to do something cool with a local company. Um, so that's, what's going on right now. Holy hive is now part of oddly Utah, which is a bigger thing. So make sure you follow oddly Utah anywhere that you get content, any of those social media platforms. And uh, stay tuned because we're already in production with a few things, uh, videos and whatnot coming down the line. Um, and we hope you guys like it. And we look forward to getting your feedback on it too. We do. We do. Um, let's wrap up with some weekend stuff. What's going on this weekend? Um, Twilight Concert. That's right. Salt Lake City. Uh, Salt Lake City's on Saturdays and Ogden's on Thursdays, right? I couldn't I tell think, you. I think, I'm sorry. I think, so. I think Purity <laughs> rings tonight as we record this. Oh. 
Um, Purity Ring, very good. Purity uh, Ring is very good. Uh, Twilight Concert Series, uh, Salt Lake City tomorrow, as, as you're listening to this, tomorrow is Saturday. Uh, St. Vincent and uh, local opener, Jocely Pullet. Hell yeah. Right on. Right she's, on she's indeed. She's been kind of a staple of local Utah music. Yeah, I feel like she is someone that I have spoken to maybe three times in my life, but she has been in my life since I was like in early high school. I yeah, think, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. She's been she's been around. And I, funny story. So uh, when I was in high school, we played the Ogden. I think it was like a maybe it was a Weber State funded thing or a Ogden City funded thing. But we played like this Battle of the Bands, and uh, I remember. Uh, it was it was me and uh, Jordan Jordan Ballou. Yeah, shouts out to Jordan and Van Moon, good band. Um, they uh, so me and Jordan just like did this like dueling acoustic thing. Maybe I, I think he, maybe he played a piano, but it was just us two, and we you know it was the height of uh, emo. That's right. <laughs> you know, and we were, we probably were doing some kind of like th- scene aesthetic knockoff. I think or that's exactly right. Yeah, and uh, uh, and and Jocelyn was also in the battle of the bands. And I remember, so she won. So she, she beat our asses in that, that battle of the bands. But also when uh, the uh, whole thing is over, the judges give you their notes so you can review the notes. Oh, wow. And one of the judges wrote, this is battle of the bands, not battle of the duos. <laughs> and it was funny because Jocelyn was She's a solo. A solo yeah. act. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never held that against her. She's great. And I love, I love her music, but uh, I always thought that that was like my, my funny little brush. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, go check out her opening for St. Vincent. That's going to be an awesome show. Uh, last weekend of the state fair, any state fair happenings in your neck of the woods, Dan? No. Um, I, I have never really been a state fair person. A lot yeah. of baby animals, a lot of smells, a lot of fried food and what have you. So maybe it is my my cup of <laughs> tea, like but I've, but I've never food. gone. It always happens to be like... Whenever I'm invited to it, because every year my girlfriend and her family go, and every year I'm invited to it, it's always like first weekend of football. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to watch football yeah. instead of go to this fair. Yeah. I'm sorry. For sure. Um, I, I, I have to say, though, I, I noticed that this year they actually had, they built a skate park. which oh, they had. Cool. I think they that's where they did the competitions because they had some skate competitions over the yeah. past uh, couple weeks. But I think they left the skate park up so people can just like so it's just like a temporary yeah, skate park? Yeah. So they like built a competition skate park. Oh, interesting. And like you sign a waiver and you can go skate it and stuff. And I was like, that's like probably the coolest state fair attraction. Yeah. And obviously like I'm biased because we grew up skating and stuff. But like, uh, I was like, dude, if they start doing stuff like that more, maybe I'll go because I'm not going to ride the rides. No. Definitely not. And if you're listening to this podcast and thinking about going to the state fair, I highly advise you don't ride the rides. Yeah, don't ride them. Either st- or Google, go onto YouTube and Google carnival ride accident. Yeah. And then you can kind of, it takes one loose, loose screw to, uh, they move yeah. these things like every two weeks. Yeah. You know, these are not permanent fixtures. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to speak poorly about carnies. That's probably a derogatory term at this point. It sounds, it sounds derogatory. <laughs> <Carny>. <laughs> uh, maybe not the most expert at mechanics and engineering. Some of the, you know, maybe there's four higher people. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a bad, a, a bad situation. Um, so don't ride the rides, but enjoy the state fair. Uh, Harvest Moon Festival hanging, go, going down in Ogden. There you go. Yeah. So if you're in Ogden or want to go to Ogden, which I, I say go to Ogden. Ogden's awesome. Uh, outdoors, uh, it's like an outdoor festival, live music. Uh, they're also celebrating the 30th anniversary of City Club. Oh, how awesome. Yeah. I've never actually, I'm 30. I've never been to City Club. I think I've been there once or twice. Yeah. Um, I, there are a few different places in Ogden that despite being from that area, I can never figure out which one is which. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't know if I've been to City Club, but I've been to places around City Club. Mm-hmm. So maybe I've been to City Club. Yeah. I think there, I think especially with the bar lounge mm-hmm. type thing, because I moved out before I was 21. I left yeah. Ogden and I haven't lived in Ogden since. And so I think. That's probably it. Yep. Um, but everyone tells me to try City Club Swings. Haven't tried them. Um, and I just thought I would throw this in because I thought it was funny. The Utah Bridal Expo is happening in Salt Lake. Or I think maybe Provo. And I was wondering, how well does this do in Utah, you think? Oh, I bet it pops off. The, the Bridal Expo? Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's huge. Even Not even for everybody getting married, but for everybody like, I'm sure there's a huge, just a, just a huge amount of... Uh, 
photographers in the state of Utah, like bridal photographers and engagement. Yes. And I wonder if like it's big for them. I think, yeah. So I, I remember when, this is probably 2010, I was working for KSL and uh, FM 100 was like one of the big sponsors of the Bridal Expo. And we went and did like a remote there. And uh, there was a like two different wedding bands that had spots set up in the expo center where they were just playing. So it was like live music, but it was like hire us for your wedding. Wow. And and then that's when I got the whole picture of what the bridal expo actually is, or I don't know if it was called the bridal expo back then, but yeah. Um, I wonder if there's any big bridal companies like not, not participating because of bears ears this year. Oh yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like, we don't support the, uh, <laughs> um, the privatization of public lands. We might have to do a deep dive into the bridal expo one year. I wonder, I wonder what kind of content we could create if we just send someone do it like a live field report. That would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on this weekend. If you want to participate in anything fun going on, uh, be safe, wear your mask. Um, and you know, just keep your distance. That's right. It's hard to navigate these things right it now. Is. It really is. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this week. We're happy to be back. We are. Feels good. And uh, we are back to weekly, so it's not like we're going to be back in uh, February for the next episode. Truly. We'll be back next week. We will be. We'll be here in February, too, though, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Let's... If you were looking looking for a good podcast in February, we'll yeah, be here. Yeah, we got you. Society pending, but yeah. um, we, we will be here uh, February and next week. So uh, have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you later. See ya.